So when it comes to nutrition science, it's sometimes difficult to isolate specific nutrients or mm -hmm. specific foods just because we as a being really rely on so many different nutrients to support life function. So if we're trying to zero in on sleep and, and isolate those nutrients, we can't really rule, we can't really control for other nutrients that we need for other life functions. So it can be tricky to try to zero in on one food or one nutrient mm -hmm. or another because there isn't really the science to back up, you know, just focusing on one thing. Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests will share valuable insight into underlying health causes, conditions, and issues. These in-depth yet approachable episodes are a great resource for both private individuals and industry professionals. Our esteemed host, Dr. James Flowers, is one of the most recognized and respected names in the field of chronic pain, mental health, and substance use disorders, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Flowers is the founder of J. Flowers Health Institute, located in Houston, Texas. For more information about J. Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655. And be sure to mention this podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Understanding the Human Condition. I'm your host, Dr. James Flowers, and I'm joined by our guest and my really good friend, Mo Schlachter. He's a registered nutritionist and dietitian, and I want everybody to know, first of all, I respect Mo's work so much, and I'm so glad he's a part of our team here at J. Flowers Health Institute. Mo obtained his Master's of Nutrition degree from Texas Women's University, and he is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. Mo was recognized by the Texas Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics as Young Dietitian of the Year in 2015 and with the Dietitian and Media Award in 2020. And I always enjoy telling people. And one time I was in Los Angeles and turned on NBC News, Nightly News, and Mo was on there as a nutritional expert for NBC News. So, Mo, I'm so glad you decided to do this with us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Flowers. It's always great to sit down with you. Yeah. And it's great to be part of the team, too. Absolutely. Uh, excited yeah. about today's topic as well. Good. I'm super excited about it as well. Having the opportunity to discuss this today, we're talking about nutrition and sleep and how those two things are intertwined. So why don't you talk just a little bit about nutrition and sleep? Absolutely. You know, I find that sleep ends up being like the, the least sexy part of like the wellness picture, right? Yeah. Not a lot of people are going out there bragging about how many hours of sleep they got. People, you know, taking photos of their, their food. They're sure. talking about, you know, hours at the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, but sleep is kind of, you know, in the shadows, if you will. Mm -hmm. But sleep is super important. I mean, mm -hmm. about 70 million people in this country have some kind of sleep deficiency. Mm -hmm or disorder that right. renders sleep deficiency. And the cost is really, really big. It can contribute to heart disease, kidney disease, diabetes, stroke. It affects mood, productivity, safety. So mm -hmm. sleep is super important, but it's not something that you know is very well talked about. So I'm mm -hmm. glad that we're having a chat about it today. I am too. And I wanted to ask you, you said, I believe you said sleep disturbance. What is sleep disturbance or what do you consider sleep disturbance? Yeah. So sleep disturbance you know, has a lot of different flavors mm -hmm. to it. It can be be sleep latency or, mm -hmm. you know, someone having a hard time falling asleep. Mm -hmm. It can be not falling into the depth of sleep that's mm -hmm. needed for recovery. And right. it could be waking up multiple times in the middle of the night. It yeah. can be just waking up in the morning and not having felt rested. Sure. So there are lots of different ways that people can have a sleep disturbance and all of them can contribute to some kind of... Yeah, all of them will have some kind of health impact. Sure. And it's super important to get that, uh, get that right. Yeah, it really is. I know... 
I'm one of those people that I have to have a minimum of six hours. If I have less than six hours of sleep, the next day I can get up in the morning and get going. But around noon or one o'clock, I actually feel my hands slightly trembling and I can feel just this overwhelming fatigue and I go to bed super early when that happens to me when I get less than six hours. But I've always been one of those people. I'm not a late night person. I like to get up early in the morning and I go to bed typically around 10, 1030. I try to anyway. And if I don't do that, my whole day the next day is off. And that affects my patient care. It affects communication at the office because I don't feel like as much communication with staff and I'll shut my door and kind of do my own thing. And I don't nap during the day, obviously. Can't do that. But it is interesting. As I was growing up, my grandfather was a surgeon and I went to elementary and junior high school near their home down in South Texas. And every single day at lunch, I would walk two blocks to my grandparents' house and have lunch with them. And they would always have a super nutritious lunch. And this is in the 70s and 70s, probably. And after lunch, my grandfather would go take a 45-minute nap and then get up and go back to the hospital and work all afternoon. So he knew the importance of nutrition and sleep as well. So how does nutrition help? sleep. Yeah, I'm glad you know you bring that to the surface. I grew up in New York City and I consider you the the doctor who never sleeps, right? So <laughs> right. I find it surprising that you actually find time to get 6 hours. Yeah, I do. I know you pour everything you have into your patients and your clients. So yeah, six hours, you know, the recommendation from the Sleep Foundation is about, you know, maybe seven hours, mm-hmm. seven to eight hours. But yeah, as you said, like once you get, once you're off on sleep deficiency or once you're behind on your sleep, it has this subtle domino effect where yep. you're not as productive and then you try to chase it with, some, you know, get some energy from somewhere. Sometimes it's caffeine and that can interrupt sleep the next day. So, you know, getting you know, stopping that cycle, getting, you know, catching up on sleep or getting to bed, you know, on time, of course, is is number one. When we think about nutrition and sleep, you know, sleep is determined by a lot of different factors. There are hormones involved. We respond to different stimuli in the environment. So I want to go through some of those. That'd be great. Melatonin is a hormone that the brain produces in response to darkness. It helps keep our circadian rhythm It's something that helps us stay in a state of relaxed wakefulness, if you will. So it kind of is that pre-bedtime state of zen. Got it. So once we're in that position, we're able to, you know, our body's able to wind down and fall asleep. And actually, once we fall asleep, the effects of sleep start to work right away. Right. So after about a minute of sleep, there are changes in the brain, the body temperature starts to drop the muscles start to relax, Mm -hmm. and we see those changes almost immediately. So getting into a state of restfulness is number one. Serotonin is another chemical that contributes to restfulness and relaxation that helps us get into a restful state. Tryptophan is a, a nutrient that is a precursor to serotonin, and it's converted, the body converts, the brain converts tryptophan into serotonin, Having enough tryptophan in the diet is going to help us have enough serotonin so we can relax enough to fall asleep. Valerian is another nutrient that is an extract from a root that can help us fall asleep and increase our sleep quality. Ashwagandha is a supplement that can help us improve sleep as well. Foods like cherries, kiwis have different chemicals that help us boost production of melatonin and can help us fall asleep too. So there are lots of different things that we can do, things that we can eat, things Mm -hmm. that we can take that'll help uh, our body be better positioned for sleep. So 
so many people I know would listen to you saying this about tryptophan and everything else. You know, you find, I guess, L-tryptophan in Turkey, right? And then the the cherries and everything else you just talked about. So, and so many people would go out and buy every one of those and take them at night. Do you need one of these or do you need a combination of these? What's your recommendation? Yeah. So there are studies that will, so when it comes to nutrition science, it's sometimes difficult to isolate specific nutrients or Mm -hmm. specific foods just because we as a being really rely on so many different nutrients to support life function. So if we're trying to zero in on sleep and, and isolate those nutrients, we can't really rule, we can't really control for other nutrients that we need for other life functions. Right. So it can be tricky to try to zero in on one food or one nutrient mm-hmm. or another because there isn't really the science to back up, you know, just focusing on one thing. There are studies that will show that, you know, taking, eating a couple of kiwis about an hour before bed, you know, can help you fall asleep faster. So that's something that was, you know, found in the research. You know, the combination really is a really good focus. So when you think about the turkey, you think about the cherries, you Mm -hmm. think about, you know, all the other nutrients that we need, focusing on a comprehensive diet that feeds the body and all the body systems is the best approach. But knowing that there are some ingredients that can actually give you an edge when it comes to falling asleep can be helpful Mm -hmm. when planning what fruit might you have or what protein might you have. Mm -hmm. You might steer toward the ones that are backed by science and helping you fall asleep. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about sleep and nutrition as it relates to young adults, like adolescents. Mm. How important is nutrition and sleep to that population? Yeah, it's a stage of life that is super, super important because the body is still growing and developing. That's where the body, that's the stage of life where we're preparing for the adult body that we're going to have for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. It's the stage of life that sleep is really undervalued as Mm -hmm. well. So it's something that is a tough sell to a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. But it is the stage where muscle growth, brain development, you know, sexual development, that's where sleep is so important for, you know, for an adolescent, because if they're running behind, they're, they're missing out on the activities mm-hmm. that promote development. They're missing out on the rhythms, you know, to get the nutrients that they need to grow right. and develop. So it is super important for an adolescent, especially to get these things right, because once you hit adulthood, once you hit about 24 years mm-hmm. old, you're in the body that you have. And the best right. thing you can do is maybe maintain it. But in, in adolescence, that's your last opportunity yeah, and you're to really feeding your body and your brain. Yes, yeah. that is correct. And a healthy brain development, of course, is going to yeah. you know set them off into healthy patterns. Yeah. Into you know it'll put them in a better position for you know career for relationships. So this is super important. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing is, I always notice if I eat late in the evening, it's more difficult for me to fall asleep. I feel too full or I may sometimes I'll even develop heartburn these days, which is unfortunate. Is there a correlation between eating time, nutrition and sleep? And are there certain foods we should avoid as it gets past five, six o'clock in the evening? Yeah. So separating food from bedtime by at least an hour, but I would recommend more like an hour and a half, Mm -hmm. two hours. At least. Yeah, at least. It's going to be very, very helpful. Once the food is, you know, is eaten, the stomach is going to be working on it for quite a bit. Blood flow is going to be, you know, sent to the digestive Mm -hmm. system to help absorb and transport the nutrients. So separating food or eating from bedtime by about two hours is Mm going to help a person stay in a relaxed state. There isn't going to be all that churning going on. There isn't going to be a decrease in blood flow. Although that can make someone tired, we want the body in a position where the, the the blood flow can help 
bring nutrients around the body to repair tissue, to reset hormones. Mm -hmm. If it's working on digestion, it's kind of, you know, occupied in that area. So I would say certainly separating food from about two hours, separating bedtime and food by about two hours is going to help. Certainly foods that trigger heartburn or mm -hmm. acid reflux, that's going to interrupt sleep. Person's going to be getting up and down, trying sure. to chase those symptoms down. Right. So yeah, I would say separating food and sleep by two hours. Right. Very yeah. good. What about, I know when I was in my 20s and even in my early 30s, I could have dinner and then we could sit around the table and have a cup of coffee. And I'd fall asleep whenever I wanted to fall asleep. Nowadays, there's no way I can have coffee after dinner or I'm not going to sleep. So what's the correlation and what's the importance or of either drinking caffeine early or not drinking caffeine later? And what do you, where do you see a typical healthy cutoff time for caffeine? Yeah, I would say half-life of caffeine, I believe, is about six hours in the okay. body or so. So I think cutting it off by 1 p.m. or so, mm -hmm. you know, can put someone sure. in a better position in the evening. I have a very similar experience when I was younger. I could drink caffeine. I could yeah. fall asleep. As I get older, a little caffeine, you know, in the afternoon or evening. Right. And I'm wired, you know, and yeah. it's very hard to fall asleep. So, yeah, I would say cutting off caffeine by about 1 p.m. or so if you're finding that caffeine is mm -hmm. keeping you up. But if you're okay with it, if it's not, you know, if it isn't interrupting your sleep, if you're able to fall asleep, then, you know, caffeine shouldn't be a detractor sure. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I have a passion for, obviously, and that I specialize in is working with people with long-term chronic pain. And as you know, and you and I have talked about historically, pain, a lot of pain is caused by inflammatory issues. What foods would you suggest nutritionally that people either stay away from that have pain, ongoing physical pain, and what foods help with anti-inflammatory nutrition in the body? Absolutely. So getting back to cherries or yeah. cherry extracts, kiwis, mm -hmm. those foods have melatonin in them. They also have antioxidants. Mm -hmm. You know, sleep is a great, you know, weapon to combat these effects as mm -hmm. well. But those foods are, you know, the ones that you want to stick with. Those are the feel-good foods. They're going to help, you know, Boost your sleep, help you relax, which is going to have an impact on, you know, the pain experience as well. The sleep that you get from, you know, from eating these foods is going to improve mood, which is also going to help. The antioxidants are going to, you know, keep the oxidative stress in the body very, very low. And, you know, having something sweet like cherries or kiwis in the mm -hmm. evening usually is a great way to kind of end your food or your nutrition intake for the day. Sure. So I think it yeah. works behaviorally as well. Yeah, good. What, you know, another thing that we treat at J Flowers Health Institute is disordered eating. And you have been a critical component and provider for us in that area of specialty that is part of what we do here. Talk to our audience a little bit about disordered eating and recommendations and how to recognize it and how families that may be listening today or parents may be listening or friends and how they can talk to their family and friends that they see that may have an eating disorder. Yeah, and working, you know, working with you side by side on, uh, you know, these disordered eating conditions, I think we've found, you know, pretty consistently that, you know, when there's disordered eating, there's also mm -hmm. disordered sleep, right? Yeah. We have, you know, folks who come in and, you know, we have, they're up all night and sleeping, you know, some in the day. Sure. And it, it is a cycle. So mm -hmm. starvation makes it harder to sleep. There's more anxiety. There's mm -hmm. more, you know, there's less restfulness. There's less relaxation. Right. And then that promotes, you know, even more anxiety and, and it makes it harder and harder to eat. So yeah. it's a cycle that kind of, you know, devolves. So 
in, you know, when it comes to treating this condition, getting the nutrients that are needed for the body to, you know, get back to itself or the brain to get mm -hmm. back to itself to, you know, get from a state of panic to a state of calm is going to help, you know, the individual latch onto treatment, but it's also going to help them get into a better sleep cycle. Sure. Um, and it's going to help them heal, make better treatment decisions, mm -hmm. take more chances in therapy. And it's going to, you know, it, it kind of flip that spiral upside down and kind of elevate them to mm -hmm. a place of wellness and, and healing. Sure. Absolutely. And continuing along the sleep thoughts, what's your advice? I have some friends that are brand new parents that are up late at night and up all night long, up and down. What's your advice for new parents and sleep? Yeah, well, I would say don't do what I did, which yeah. was turn to my wife after like <laughs> the third week of our first child and, yeah. and tell her like, wow, aren't we lucky that, you know, our daughter's sleeping through the night. Yeah, right. Um, and she looked at me and said, no, she isn't. <laughs> so, You're sleeping through yeah, the yeah, night. Yeah, I'm sleeping yeah. through the night. So I would say, you know, know your limits, communicate, mm -hmm. you know, try to get some scheduling, certainly, you know, work with, you know, professionals and providers mm -hmm. if your, you know, kind of own personal resources are depleting, you know, but getting children on a good schedule getting yourselves on a good schedule, mm -hmm. you know, having a good plan can really help just mm -hmm. set expectations, catch up on sleep when you know you're not going to get it. Right. So if you're taking a 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. shift, know that you probably need to get to bed a little bit earlier, you know, get the total volume of sleep that you need. If, you know, you're sleeping and your spouse is going to be awake, so making sure that you're not going to be disturbed. So finding a place for you to make sure you get your sleep so that both of you aren't, you know, mm -hmm. running ragged. These are some things that you can do to protect yeah. your sleep during this critical time. Yeah. So another question about catching up on sleep, right? People will often say, oh, gosh, this last week I worked overtime and I didn't get enough sleep. And so this weekend I'm really going to get caught up on my sleep. Can you really get caught up on your sleep, Mo? Yeah, to a degree, you might be able to. Yeah. There is, you know, these concepts of sleep debt. So you can, you know, catch up some on sleep. And of course, if your body is really, really tired and you yeah. fall asleep and then you just wake up when your body tells you to wake up, it's your body telling you needed some sleep. But you cannot correct for, you know, a long pattern right. of chronic, you know, sleep deficiency, yeah. whether it's, you know, caused by a condition or it's caused by, you know, not setting the right regimen or rules for yourself. It's something that over time the effects can accumulate um, and there isn't, you know, this magic kind of catch up system that you can, you know, undo those things. So, you know, knowing where you're at, knowing what you're shooting for uh, about maybe, you know, seven hours minimum or maybe 10 percent more than you have at baseline, you know, is the thing that anyone can do today. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, you know, something that we talk a lot about as a team, a clinical team here that you're a part of, is we talk about the kind of the vicious cycle of lack of sleep, depression, anxiety, poor nutrition, for those who have pain, increased pain. And it seems like people just bounce back and forth. The more poor the nutrition is, the less sleep people get. The less sleep people get, the more anxiety and depression they have. What's your recommendation, Mo, for just a healthy, balanced, thriving life when you're balancing sleep and nutrition and yeah. really mental health? Yeah, you know, when I think about where treatment starts, it's really jumping in with nutrition first. When mm -hmm. nutrition is deficient, if there's, you know, clinical malnutrition assessed and addressed, mm -hmm. which is something that we do very well here, we go with nutrition first because the body is 
only made out of food. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the corniest saying in the world, but the truth is, under a microscope, there's only one thing going in. There's only one thing our body's made mm-hmm. out of. It is food. Right. And it's always been that way. It's yeah. been that way from you know a fetal development all the way through life. Sure. So the only thing our body is made of is food. So when we look at the condition of the body, we look at the condition of the brain, we know that there's a nutrition deficiency. The most straightforward thing to do is to correct that, to put yeah. the body back in a whole position. Once the body's back in a whole position, we can treat, we can enhance sleep, we can enhance mood, we can do therapy, we can have the energy to have, you know, the conversations that we need to have. But without that, we're really just trying to compensate to a body that isn't at full capacity. So getting off that cycle is jumping in with nutrition first, getting the person whole, and then prioritizing the next thing on the list. And once you stop the cycle... A person feels much better. They, again, they have more confidence. They're able to, you know, see the light. They're able mm-hmm. to, you know, see a life ahead of them where pain is reduced, where anxiety mm-hmm. is managed, where mood is improved, and that motivates them to take more and more steps. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing I just heard throughout this whole podcast today is you say the body is made up of food, right? Food and water here, right? And that's so true, and we just don't think about it. And when you come into J Flowers for a comprehensive diagnostic evaluation, you're a huge part of that, assessing that food that people are not eating, right, or drinking water, and really helping us put together a proper set of diagnoses. And we all want to remind everybody that a clear diagnosis is the key to most effective treatment, the most effective treatment. And Mo, I can't thank you enough for being on here today. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but please share this on your social media, on your Facebook page, on Twitter, and everything else out there on social media where you can find us. So, Mo, thanks so much. Thank you. And I know everyone knows someone who's having trouble with sleep. If not, you know, anyone who's listening to this might be having it for themselves. There is something in this conversation that can absolutely help someone today. So I do encourage you to share it. I completely agree. And one other thing I forgot, and I want to have people be able to reach out directly to you as well, just for nutrition consult and help. How do people find Mo? Yeah, so you can find me. You can go to HoustonFamilyNutrition.com. Of course, you can find me here through J Flowers. And you can email me at info at HoustonFamilyNutrition.com. That's amazing. I'm so glad we found you and you're a part of our team. I'm so. glad to be here. This is great. Yeah, have a great day. Thank Thanks. you, you too. Yeah. And I'd like to remind everyone watching or listening to us that there are numerous platforms to find our podcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Please share this episode on social media or with someone that you think it could help. Absolutely. And we remind you also that a clear diagnosis is key to the most effective treatment possible. Yes, it is. See you next week. Thanks again, Robin. Thank you.